Vince McMahon is going to love this. It did not go over well then. I hate it. I hate it so much. You have three points, sir. I always like to chime in. Thank you for asking. It involved pee. Vince is probably laughing his tits off. Break glass in case of pee joke. He was brought in to the WWE to be shit on. Drug-free urine. (laughs) It is terrible. Welcome, everyone, to another week of a show that is scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit. That's right. It's the latest episode of the One Fall Show. My name is Chuck Bean. I am your host for the week that was, as far as professional wrestling, part discussion, part game show. I am joined, as usual, by my scorekeeper, the person keeping this all together, Miss Erica Bennis. That's right. Uh, We've all learned the hard way that I am the glue. And without me, shit just goes off the rails. Um, Unless we're talking once again about murder. And then then all bets are off. Then we're screwed. Sure. Absolutely. I feel like uh, that would be an excellent wrestling name for you. And now coming down to the ring, the glue, Erica Bennis. (laughs) I mean, it's uh, it's no the Yeti, but, you know, I'll take it. That's fair. We are joined, as usual, by our three panelists, starting with the man you just heard, Mr. Shawnee Constant. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Have you been murdered? (laughs) We saw download numbers go up, and we figure it's because we talked about murder. So uh, look forward to us referencing people being killed as often as possible. Also, our panelist uh, and co-tag team champion after last week, Mr. Justin Valentine. What's going on? And yes, no one was murdered this week, so this episode is going to suck. Wow. You've taken all of just all the juice out of it immediately, Justin. <laughs> I'm sorry. I pulled a Nate. That's my fault. Whew. All right. Well, we are also joined by our 10-time champion when it comes to singles action, Mr. Nate Bender. That's right. The undisputed intermetaversal uh, podcast champion is here. Uh, I'm excited to be here, excited to be defending my title this week. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know what the hell is happening with these other two is. I don't know. Is this a surprise baby face turn for Nate? Maybe it is because I'm not I'm going to be the only one in my intro that doesn't mention murder. Except for Jimmy Snuka. All right. Fair enough. Uh, as always, the One Fall Shows consists of three rounds. Each round is three questions. Questions worth one point, two points, and three points apiece. And as always, we will let our 10-time champion, Nate Bender, declare which round we want to start with. We've got Smack Draw featuring uh, both the Raw and SmackDown brands of WWE, the Wednesday Night War of NXT versus AEW, and Around the Ring, news and notes of all the other federations this week. Nate, where are we starting? Well, let's start with smacked raw that's a fine place to start friday on smackdown there was a tri-brand battle royal featuring superstars from smackdown raw and nxt for the chance to face bailey for the smackdown women's champion at SummerSlam. who won oscar correct for one point there oscar now going to face both bailey and sasha in singles women competition at SummerSlam. Uh, what do we think? I'm kind of excited for this. I kind of hope Asuka tears the belts off both of them, but I don't think it's going to happen. 
No, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen because obviously the program that they're building toward is the 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 blow up of Bailey and Banks. Uh, and this has been building for I don't know how long. What is it? Eight, nine months. It feels like they've been kicking this can down the road. It's almost Eric Rowan's mechanical spider levels of like, how long are they going to milk this shit? So, no, I don't think that there's it, any hope for Asuka in in this match. Um, I, I think that it kind of sucks that the most predictable outcome is is what happened for that battle royale. I would have liked to see, you know, somebody else maybe. Um, but I, I don't know. It, it, it seems like a, a very predictable program at this point. So at first I kind of turned my head at Asuka, like, what are we doing here? What, what the hell? And then like two minutes after the match, it came into my head and I hope this ends up being the, the, the result of it all. Forget two separate matches, make this one triple threat match, make it two falls for each title. You have either Sasha Banks or Bailey retain their title. And then Asuka take the other's title Sasha will blame Bayla, Bailey or vice versa. They'll blow up and that'll start their program into the fall. That's the only way I'd like this. If it goes any other way than that, I can't stand it. Doesn't it make more sense to have them lose the tag titles first? Because if you have them feud and they're still tag champions, how does that end up resolving they're defending the title just a week later at payback now so it's only one week that they can just argue and then they can lose the tag titles the following week to somebody and then officially start the singles rivalry their booking of that like secondary pay-per-view seemed really weird until you said that that makes a little bit more sense actually first off let me say i miss eric rowan spider uh when it comes to that battle royal i was not ready for oscar to win that match um I do love Asuka, though, and I hope she takes both of those titles. I think that she's been bringing out the best in uh, both of her uh, opponents. Uh, the matches have been excellent. The story, eh, you know, but the actual in-ring work, I am loving. And I was super hyped for the end of that Battle Royal because you had both Shayna Baszler and Asuka in there, who is a fantastic dream match for me, but also either one of them against Bailey was something that I was excited for. Yeah, they're clearly building toward that feud, which I'm actually really excited to see. I love Shayna Baszler. The more that they can use her, the better. I wasn't so in love with a Raw Underground appearance this week, but yeah, I think that that's, that's the match I really want to see. All right, well, let's move on to our second question. Uh, also coming from Friday Night Smackdown, Retribution made their presence known once again when they attacked two superstars at the top of the show. Who were they? Uh... Big E and uh, who the who was Big E wrestling? Was it Sheamus? That is incorrect. Uh, in in the spirit of Big E, I was about to tell you that you got five, but no, uh, Big E is half of that answer. We'll move on to Shawnee Constant. So I get half the fucking points, right? <laughs> Here we go again. I know. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I did not make that overtly clear when I wrote the question and Chuck can clarify that. So since I did not make that abundantly clear, yes, you do get one point. Yes. yes. Forget it. Forgetting one of those uh, correct Shawnee. Uh, who were the two people that got beat up by retribution right at the top of SmackDown this week? Uh, was it big E and Baron Corbin? 
Oh, no, that's worth one point because Big E is correct, but ah. Baron Corbin was not the other one. This is a ridiculous scoring system. <laughs> Everyone's milking a point out of this particular <laughs> question. <laughs> what kind of scoring system is this? I'm assuming you're going to me next, yeah? Yeah, you're next, Justin. Uh, who who was it? Uh, it was Big E and John Morrison. That's correct. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that now. <laughs> I'm glad that uh, Retribution started this week's SmackDown because it was really silly for those that watch 205 Live as soon as SmackDown went off the air for them to absolutely decimate the ring and then for 205 Live to have a full ring and everything was absolutely fine. What do we think two weeks into Retribution? This is what they do when the show gets boring and we need to throw a little spice into it. This is what happened with Nexus. If you look back 2010, the show was pretty boring and all of a sudden Nexus came out and destroyed the ring. It's just a matter of who these people end up being. If it ends up being a bunch of randoms that we don't care about, then this is horrible. But if they take off these masks and they're they're relevant people, they're talented people, they're talented wrestlers, and individually or as a team or group, they go on to do some good things, then this is a success. So as of right now, I really don't know. I sincerely hope that there's not top talent that's associated with this fall to roll. I've heard rumors that, you know, Dominic Dijakovic and uh, Tommaso Ciampa are among some of the names that have been floated as a part of uh, Retribution, not just because they haven't been seen on NXT TV in quite a while, but also because of some of their social media postings. Please, 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 please don't do Tommaso Ciampa this way. He is way too talented to be a part of this stupid nonsense. I hate it. I've, I've hated it since it started. I thought the Molotov cocktail was about maybe the dumbest thing I've seen in the last month of wrestling. At least their attack on the refs this week looked like better than anything else that they've done. I just don't know, man. I really don't know. And and plus, again, the, a stable name like Retribution, you're going to have to brand this sucker really, really well for it to take off. I'm going to throw some credit towards Nate for a couple of things he said last week. Uh, one, now every time I see Retribution, I think of Akira Tozawa's ninjas. How, yes. How do you have people in bal- balaclavas and ninjas? It does. Fuck. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> and, and number two, your concerns that the new stuff that they were spinning out uh, could start to take a dive really quick. Now, I'm not going to say they're taking a dive, uh, but I did feel that the follow up to both underground as well as retribution didn't feel nearly as fun as the introduction week. So uh, we could be on a downward trend with that stuff. Um, You know, I think the only way retribution really makes uh, a pop is if it's the straight edge society and uh, stupid CM punk comes back. Personally, I would enjoy Tomasa Ciampa at the head of a faction, but um, I don't know that it rewards us for putting up with the really bad promos leading up to whatever the real reveal may be. Yeah, but on the main roster, though, like I just don't want to see Tommaso Ciampa on the main roster, period. I think he will be poorly booked there. Would we be really surprised if yet another NXT stars pushed to the main roster gets botched? I mean, I feel like when as soon as you mentioned it, I'm like, well, of course he's got to be in it. Like, surely they can't push him as just the legitimate single star that he is. 
I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's so obvious now. It's like, of course he's in retribution. Of course. Well, and if you think about it too, Djokovic and Champa not only haven't been seen in NXT, but the last time they were, they were getting beat down pretty bad. Yeah, they were losing. Yeah. And, and it wasn't, it's not something that I think they can come back from. How awful would it be if retribution pulls their masks off and they're the undisputed era? Damn why it. would you say that? Yeah. Why, why, would you, Damn why would you say that? I just say been... things that could be real. No, I put it out there so it won't happen. Adam Cole is already in a program with Pat fucking McAfee, okay? Stop ruining it even more. Uh, Pat McAfee's going to kick him right into the main roster. <laughs> oh, no. Is that what we're calling it these days? Right in the main roster. Right, right in the main, the main roster. roster. <laughs> All right, Justin, you've got control of the board for our third and final question. Which wrestler made their return to Raw this past week after being off TV for over a year after needing reconstructive surgery for tearing their ACL? Shit. Um, you always give me the sh- show that's furthest away. Ah, oh, God. It's it's going to pop in my head when I hear it, but it's not coming to my head right now. Well, that's your five count right there. So we're going to have to move back to Nate for this particular question. Who came back after tearing their ACL after being off TV for over a year on Raw? That would be Mickey James. That is correct. Oh, Three points for Nate. A backstage interview question? Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, how do we feel about Mickey James coming back to the women's division? Do we have any uh, any any thoughts, any hopes for what she may bring to it? Nope. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Is this what the women's division has been lacking recently? Of Mickey, Mickey James? James? Yeah. No, and that's exactly the question. I'm cutting you off. I'm not letting you ramble on this one. <laughs> uh, Mickey James is not an awful performer by any stretch she's entirely competent but she's not going to elevate anything right i mean does anyone disagree with that no no no. Uh, for at this point to elevate the women's division you need you know like a former champion or someone who has really moved the needle and attracted eyeballs in mass and uh you know mickey james is fine but not that person if you look at the background of the women's division this week and you compare Mickey James being added uh, to the roster and then also Lana and Natalia, Natalia, Natalia it's a net loss. I, that, that duo is, is thumbs down, thumbs down to that duo. All right. At the end of three or at the end of three questions in our first round, uh, Erica, give us the points. All right. We got Shani in third with one point, Justin in second with Dos and Nate in first with five. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll let Shani start off the next round. Do you want to talk about the Wednesday night war? Or do you want to talk about news and notes from around the ring? Oh, boy. Um, let's go with the Wednesday night war. Uh, my confidence is low regardless. All right. Fair enough. Uh, who made their return to NXT this week after a two month hiatus? I do. Uh, give me uh, I'll take my five seconds here. Um, wasn't Eric Rowan spider. It was not. Unfortunately, Eric Rowan spider. You were right on the cusp of that five. Uh, let's move it on to Justin. Who made their return after two months to NXT? Uh, the Velveteen dream. That's right, for one point. Thoughts on the Dream's return and his second ch- chance match next week against Mr. Finn Balor? Obviously, with everything going on outside the ring, I, I feel like this is pretty quick of a bring him back kind of thing. 
I don't think it's necessary. I think NXT has a lot of, you know, young talent that outside of the big names that we know for NXT, but a lot of talent behind them for the future generation. And I feel like this storyline for the second chance opportunity and these matches were good to push those guys. I don't think we need to push Velveteen Dream, especially right now. Ew. That's my only comment. Ew. Yep. Yeah, he's is very few um, stars who I appreciated more that have been undercut more by their own actions. I mean, he should probably be facing criminal charges. If, if you look at this as an art versus the artist thing, I have a really hard time overlooking the artist, and I'm not sure that time alone is going to uh, solve that. Yeah, it'll be uh, extremely interesting, as we saw with uh, the Matt Riddle case, where we you know didn't have very definitive proof in one direction or the other. Whereas with Velveteen Dream, it feels like there was very definitive proof. Well, and what bothers me is this wasn't necessary. Like we did not need to bring Velveteen Dream back for this. We could have pulled this off. There's plenty of guys there to pull this off and have it be good without him. Yeah. So why bring, why bring him back? Yeah. Why add him into the mix? I definitely agree with that. And you had a perfect opportunity to showcase someone who's got a lot of talent that hasn't seen TV time. And instead you gave it to Velveteen dream, which I just think is, you know, he, he seemed like a character that was almost custom made for like, I should like him, but his ring psychology seemed so easy. It was almost transparent. Like almost every Velveteen dream match I ever saw was he gets, he starts a little strong, gets a couple spots, gets the shit kicked out of him for 15 minutes, and then hits his spots at the end. That sounds right. Isn't that every WWE match? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you want to break it down, I'm sure you can break down almost every match into something like that, but it almost seemed transparent with Velveteen Dream. It, it almost was Hulk Hogan-like. Oh, shit, you just ruined wrestling for me now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what the One Fall Show is here for, to ruin wrestling and remind you that some wrestlers have murdered other people. <laughs> And that Vince McMahon covers it up, Chuck. <laughs> Justin getting that one. So we're moving on to the second question in the Wednesday Night War. AEW Dynamite saw a surprise heel turn this week. Who was it? Uh, FTR. That's correct. FTR. Uh, it's a surprise is absolutely in air quotes, but that's because it seemed like a matter of time. But uh, I, I think we all know where FTR's heel turn is pretty much headed. Do you think there's any twists and turns in the road that we don't know of? No, because everyone wants to see it. And we talked about it when they made their debut that this is what they're here to do, at least at first. Uh, and we enjoy the fact that they didn't give it to us right away. Um, I don't like this turn to it because I never looked at these guys as faces. So to be a heel turn and to act for the young bucks to act surprised that they would do something like this. And for them to even be out there in the ring and acting like they are overly respecting the, the past and so on when they have clearly disrespected the past time in and time out WWE and AW. So it makes no sense to me this part of it. Now the match is going to be great, but this wasn't necessary. Can roll express a payday. Let's be honest. Like <laughs> probably, you know, they're they're struggling. They can't wrestle on, uh, you know, other you know indie days. They can't make them towns. Let's throw them a few shekels. Yeah, why not? Here's here's the thing, though. Okay, because I've kind of thought a bit about this. You've got a really interesting dynamic that's starting to form between FTR and Tully, right? So you've got Tully, who's already representing Sean Spears. You've got FTR 
who seems like they've uh, uh, just aligned themselves with Tully by attacking the Rock and Roll Express. So that kind of uh, you we're starting to see maybe a formation of something that would resemble a throwback to the four horsemen, but there's only three guys. There is a rumor and I don't want to go too far into this, but there's a rumor that Cody might lose the TNT championship within the near future. If you had FTR act as the reconciliation between Tully and Arn, then that would bring in Cody for maybe the most interesting faction in wrestling. That's my dream booking. That's how I would love to see it happen. If they do it, they're fucking brilliant because Cody's even teasing a heel turn as well. I think that would be really, really cool and something to challenge the elite uh, more you know, more forcefully than the inner circle. So are you saying FTR, Sean Spears and Cody? Yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting. I'd love to see it. Just busted them open about a year ago. See, but they could make amends because they were friends at one point. So I just think that would be a really interesting faction. And then you have the opportunity to split them up down the road by bringing up you know, Sean Spears gave me eight staples in the head. I don't have any evidence to back this up, but I feel like the tag team division in AEW has been put on ice uh, because of the COVID situation and all of these heel face turns are sort of percolating over the long term because they want to have some sort of fan response to the things. Um, you know, I think the four names that, Nate mentioned all makes sense, but you also have um, who's Cody's homeboy uh, with all the action figures. Oh, Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona. Mark yeah. Cardona just showed up. He could play into that equation. Um, you know, uh, a heel turn from either Kenny or Hangman, who really, you know, that that's that, there's no reason for that tag team. You know, it's yeah. not it's not helping matches. I think with the rest of the tag team roster, it just seems like again, a holding pattern until they can get to live audiences. Yeah. Kenny and hangman are the obvious feud right there. Right. And I think that's what you build toward next. And then you focus on that for a little bit, but you have this other stuff start building in the background. I think that they have the pieces where they need to be. And I, I do agree that there's been a lot of holding pattern, not just in AEW, but on WWE. There's only so far that you can kick that can down the road. They're starting to let fans back in, albeit in a limited capacity. Let's start building real angles again. Let's not overlook that the WWE is going to be doing something starting next week. Right. Um, They're moving location. It sounds like it will be an empty uh, stadium, but they're talking about some sort of enhanced fan experience. Um that they probably haven't revealed yet because it's a nonsense idea that's going <laughs> to come about in a really clunky manner to start with. But hey, hopefully we're wrong. Uh, the fan response is something that I feel is sorely lacking from the overall professional wrestling experience right now. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want to get too hung up on this, but uh, I, I guess maybe a, a simple yes or no. The Bucks, the Elite, Cody, all of them very well versed in trios tag team wrestling. Do we think bringing trios into AEW is is something that would enhance the show at all or would it just be too much at this point? There was an idea floated a while back that AEW was looking to do a trio tag team belt, which would solidify that a little bit more, you know, definitely into a division. And they've got teams to be able to do it. Jurassic Express is a trio. SEU is a trio. The Young Bucks could pair with Kenny. There's a shitload of trios that are running around in AEW. I I just think that that's too much. I like how it's structured right now. It makes a lot of sense. Championship, TNT championship, tag championship, women's division. Well, and I think like you just said, Nate, they got plenty of trios right now. They may not be like main event type trios right now, or at least in the main storylines. But I think the way they have it right now, I I don't at least at this moment, I think you leave it be down the road, depending on where these storylines go. It may make more sense right now. I don't think it does. Yeah. I'm fine with trios. I mean, if they wanted to add that title, it it, it wouldn't bother me uh, like it would Nate apparently. But when it comes to all of the drama with these teams that we're seeing now, it's a new four horsemen or get the fuck out, frankly. <laughs> right. All right. Well, let's get our third question in. Uh, Justin, pretty much running the board for this particular uh, segment. What legendary referee made his appearance on AEW Dynamite this week? Mike Kiona. That's three points for Justin. How do we feel about Mike Kyoto returning to the ring? Obviously, referees are typically not as big a personalities as the wrestlers themselves, but uh, really, really deep into it. Uh, wrestling fans do have favorite referees. Yeah, good for him. I didn't. I get COVID cuts had to happen. I didn't understand this one, but at the same time, AEW highlights their referees way better than WWE does now. Uh, there used to be a time where I knew the name of every referee you know, for every match because they they took the time to let us know during every match, even if it was casual, they would say referee Mike Kyoto doing this or whatever it may be. WWE doesn't do that anymore. AEW does. So I think right now this is the perfect fit for him. Yeah. I'm just glad he's got a job. I mean, seemed like he got a raw deal getting let go right at the beginning of, uh, of COVID. So good for him. Do y'all have a favorite referee? Before we move on to that, I just want to go back to something that Justin said. Those cuts that the dub made did not have to get made. It was made abundantly clear that they made some crazy money in Q2. Favorite referees. I mean, who doesn't love an Earl Hebner? Come on. He's he's Earl Hebner. And uh, I mean, I I love what Aubrey's been doing. Yeah. She knows when to play it up and when to take it back. Also, the way she moves about the ring. Like, she used to actually be a dancer like she's classically trained in ballet and whatnot and like you like i used to dance as well so like i can tell little things here and there so it's just it's amazing how the referee rolls into a more athletic part of a match but that's just my opinion let's go around i'm a big fan of girl hebner uh ref <laughs> aubrey has has been killing it i mean i got so excited because i've always been a mike Yoda guy you mentioned erica it's athletic jumping around, moving around the ring, you know, for exciting moments or whatever. I think Mike Kyoto's three count for the end of an exciting match is the best three count in wrestling. I'm a red shoes guy, Chuck. <laughs> I miss old Tim White. Tim White was a lot of fun back in the day. Also, I, a strange thing that I didn't remember from when I was a kid. 
of course, there's the legendary angle where there are two Earl Hebners when Hulk Hogan loses the title, Andre the Giant. <laughs> I didn't realize that Brian Hebner was actually the referee leading up to that, and Earl was the one that we had never seen before. I didn't know that either, actually. Yeah, rewatching it on the WWE Network and being like, wait a second. <laughs> they know who Brian Hebner is, but have no idea who Earl is. Fun, quick aside. When I went to All In, which seems like another lifetime ago, um, you had obviously like the super fans of wrestling walking around. There was a guy walking around cosplaying as Red Shoes, and it was goddamn perfection. Ugh, chef's kiss. Wrestling fans can be cool sometimes. That's all. What are our point totals at the end of round two, Erica? In third, as of right now, we have Shawnee with one point with five points. And Justin, man, another repeat of last week, kicking ass with nine points. But still, anyone's game. All right, moving into our third round with uh, news and notes around the ring. Sean, you get control of the board once again. So best of luck to you. Uh, the first question worth one point, WWE filing a new trademark for a previously owned show brand this week. Which show was it? I have no idea. Nothing. All right. Well, we'll move on to, uh, I believe Nate is uh, next in line. Erica, you can confirm that with me. Yes, dear. He is. Thank you. Thank you. Nate, uh, what previously owned show brand did WWE file a new trademark for this week? I want to say... God, it was an old WCW. Was it Wrestle War? Unfortunately, it was not, which uh, leads it back to Justin. Justin, what's the answer? I think I saw this on Twitter earlier today. Was it Saturday night's main event? That's what I've got here. Saturday night's main event. Another point for Justin. Uh, do you think a reboot of Saturday night's main event, uh, do you think it would be on Fox? Do you think they would move it someplace else? Saturday night's main event was a big deal for me when I was growing up. Yeah, I, here's the thing. I think it's a success if they don't put it on the WWE Network. Don't do it. Just don't do it. I don't care if it's Fox. I don't care if it's NBC. I don't care where they put it. Don't put it on the network. Yeah, stagger it like you do with Raw. Like I think it's it like Raw, it, it's like three or four weeks before that gets added to the network. So then, sure. you know, by the, by the time it gets added, everyone's already seen it. Um, I think that's probably actually really smart so that it drives eyeballs toward wherever you end up putting it on. I cannot stress this enough. Make better content, not more content, WWE. Also, if you're going to bring back Saturday Night's Main Event, you better license and emotions obsession because that was the theme song when I was a kid. They need the money. I think, and I think they can afford that. <laughs> All right, Justin, two promotions announced this week that they will resume filming their TV show and pay-per-view events in the next couple of months. For one point each, name uh, name each of them. Uh, I'm going to have to pass on this one. The wrestling promotions I follow are all back in business right now, so I'm going to have to pass on this one. All right, we'll throw it back to Sean. We've got uh, two promotions that ceased production after COVID in March uh, saying they're going to resume their TV show and pay-per-view events. For one point each, who are they? Oh, my. Um, Ring of Honor and uh, PWG. Ooh, well, you got one. One point for that. We'll leave it to uh, Nate to see if he can get both of them. For one point each, Nate, who's resuming filming uh, in the next couple of months? Uh, yeah. So, uh, I definitely knew ring of honor was one of them. 
I hadn't heard the other one. I'm just going to throw a stab in the dark. The NWA. That's both of them. Both Ring of Honor and the NWA will be uh, coming back, which means that we will have even more wrestling to uh, look forward to covering. And even more Rock and Roll Express. Even more Rock and Roll Express. (laughs) God bless Ricky Martin for taking that friggin' spike pile driver. That was a bump. I was that was the the best part of that whole segment. I don't care about FTR's so called heel turn. I'm like, damn, that was a bump. That was good. <laughs> Bless him. Man still knows how to sell. Yep. Uh, I don't have any good talking points for for this other than the fact that we're probably going to be talking about Ring of Honor and NWA moving forward. So let's move on to our third question. Nate, you are in in charge of this one. Which two wrestlers announced this week that they are getting a divorce? both of them from uh aew uh that would be darby allen and um oh no uh priscilla kelly correct three points on that one um i had no idea that they were a thing <laughs> oh really not how did all. you not know that i just didn't i didn't know i don't know that much about darby allen yeah i didn't know that either because uh, Priscilla Kelly had uh, worked a match for AEW. I, I don't know if it was on the Jericho cruise or if it was. It was, it was? okay, yeah. yeah. But they they mentioned it a few times on commentary that they were married, and that was the first time I had heard about it. Huh. Um. So yeah. No, I knew that Penelope Ford had gotten into a thing earlier uh, last year. Between uh, her former boyfriend, what is it, Janella, and uh, the one, the guy she's currently with, Kip Sabian. Yeah, yeah. they turned that into an angle. Yep. Had no idea about Miss Priscilla Kelly. Erica, we're at the end of round three. What do our point totals look like? Shit has changed, Chuck. Uh, Shawnee's still in third with two points, but we now have a tie for first between and Justin heading into the final fall with 10 points each. All right. And uh, our final fall question this week uh, is a doozy. Erica actually gave me two really good ones, but I'm going to choose uh, the second one because it involves murder. YouTuber and noted douche Logan Paul. I'm reading the question. These may not be my exact uh, opinions. They should be, Chuck. (laughs) Issued an open challenge and offered 10 grand to any influencer who can beat him in a wrestling match. A number of wrestlers accepted that challenge, that number actually being eight, eight notable names that accepted for five points each. Uh, you guys send me a list of no more than eight names that uh, you think want to murder Logan Paul in the wrestling ring. <laughs> While you're doing that, uh, Erica, is there anything uh, that went on this week that we haven't covered? I know that I can think of a few things. There's nothing that kind of, you know got me, you know, chomping at the bit to talk about. I you know, once again, after last week with just all of those shenanigans, this week had a hard time trying to kind of keep my attention. But uh, what things did you want to discuss that we did not touch on? Well, right off the bat, we briefly touched on the fact that Shayna Baszler uh, made it into the Raw Underground, which last week we all wanted. And uh, not only was I impressed and enjoyed her uh, section in the Raw Underground taking on three women, but I wanted to know who the blonde with the long hair and the undercut and the massive biceps was because I see money in that lady there. Um, I know that last week... um, 
this this Braun Strowman the Fiend thing, which I'm into. Last week it felt like it dropped off when Braun said he did not care about Alexa, uh, but they really brought it back around for me this week. The the uh, the tease that Alexa may in fact turn heel. Uh, Braun shaving his head, looking like the Big Show, and just being psychotic was a lot of fun. And I got so hype when they announced Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville, hair versus hair. So hype. That was where I was hoping this angle was headed. That's going to be good. Yeah, that should be really good. Even if that match is awful, the fact that there's a stipulation behind it, like hair versus hair, is just fun. It's got to be Sonya Deville, right? It could be. Yeah, I would think so. Although uh, I do want to mention that this was reported on about four hours ago that there was a guy who was arrested for basically stalking at Sonia Deville's home. Uh, he was found with uh, knives and duct tape and all kinds of zip ties, mace. It was really, really ugly. Fortunately, cops did handle it and they've got the guy in custody but uh yeah i just before going live i saw that uh wow. that story pop up on wrestle talk yeah that is super scary. Yo, yo guys look this up this guy looks like a taller version of hornswoggle <laughs> well i've got uh i've got answers from all three of you we'll start with justin who said that uh elijah burke was the only person that he had seen which uh i actually don't have in my list here I, I saw Elijah Burke on, it was a, I don't know when it was, a couple days ago. Okay. If well, you can I'll, send the proof, if you can like <laughs> shoot the proof, we'll give you the, we'll I, give you the credit. Yeah, right. I, think I, I think I saw that too. Uh, he also guessed Marty Jannetty. I don't know that that's true at all. <laughs> I, think, I think that's comedy guests. So you get uh, at least one point for guessing Marty Jannetty. Um, okay, so so far he has one. He maybe has one. One, okay. One with a possible ad- addition of five. Uh, give Shawnee, me fucking five points. Shawnee gave me a list of names, some of which uh, I know are on here. New Jack, the Iron Sheik, Ricky Morton, which I do not have on here, but I would not put past him. Um, Big Van Vader, another guy that I don't have on the list here. Uh, Jimmy Snuka and Owen Hart. Going, oh, jeez. Going hmm. real dark. Now we got sad. Real dark for some of those, uh, but worth at least a point as far as I'm concerned. Whoa, 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 wait, hold on, hold on. Okay. You gotta tell me how you're, because you're going fucking rogue and scoring <laughs> extra points everywhere. So how many points did Shawnee get? Shawnee's got New Jack. That's five points right there. Uh, the All Iron right. Sheik is another five points. The rest of his guesses are not on my list, but entertaining. So I will give him an additional point. For so that's how 11. many? 11. Okay. 11. Okay. You, like, bitch, you're going rogue. I'm like, I'm trying <laughs> to do math here. keep this legit eight loses his goddamn mind now before we get to nate uh justin i tallied getting six points from that did is that what you correct okay okay cool okay nate's got a list of people some of which i do have on my list including ethan page for five points warhorse Thunder Rosa, which I don't have here, but would be an entertaining match to be sure. Joey Janela is another correct one. So that's one, two, three correct answers. Uh, Jeff Cobb, I don't have on my list. Alex Hammerstone and Big Swole. I retweeted Jeff Cobb. Yeah, Jeff Cobb was definitely on there. I desperately was trying to remember his name. Okay. Hang on. That's that's on marijuana and uh, my own uh, poor planning, not on Mr. Cobb. Who is Alex Hammerstone? I'm unaware (laughs) By the way, I just shared my proof. Okay. Yeah, so Justin gets his full six points. Give me a sec. 
and we'll give Nate's one, two, three, four. We'll give Nate's 20. Is that correct? Yes, for four. There's Thunder Rosa. Yeah. It was a runaway victory for Nate. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm not happy about. <laughs> yeah, this, this scoring is just off the rails. How, okay. Like, wait. okay, what do you, what then, what do you, what would you like? Whole point of final, the whole point of final fall is that like anyone could fucking take it. So look, I'm just, I'm just sick of Nate being the one taking it. Okay. <laughs> you just loser. That's what's happening here. You say anyone, it's Nate. It's freaking Nate every week. <laughs> I want a handicap match. Me and Shawnee work better as a team. <laughs> I am challenging. I am challenging. <laughs> I am officially challenging Nate to a handicap match next week <laughs> for that damn title. And me and Shawnee will be co-champions. We'll go lay cool with it and split the damn title in half if we have to. Okay. Hate it. I, I vote in favor of that option. I like there that booking. We'll have to, uh, we'll, we'll have to check in with our, the booking committee and our new creative who actually gave us our, uh, gave us our title last week. So. And by the way, Alex Hammerstone is the only guy worth watching out of MLW. So, there. Oh, all right. Nate, you've uh, you're 11 times are uh, undisputed. Goddamn right. And I have something to say this week. Go right ahead. You know, I took a little bit of flack last week because apparently we're a show about wrestling that encourages people not to watch wrestling. And last week after the show, Will and I sat around and discussed some of the positives and negatives of modern wrestling that's currently happening. And as a part of that, we put on in the background a random episode of SmackDown from 2001. And I can pinpoint exactly what is wrong with the current WWE product. A lot of the blame gets laid at Vince McMahon's feet. And rightly so. He is an out-of-touch old man. He doesn't know what's happening. He does not know modern culture. But you know who's really, really responsible for the way that WWE has gone down the tubes? The stagey promos, the fake staging for all the promos, having to cheat towards the camera when you're looking at a monitor. There's only one person that is responsible for that, and that's Stephanie goddamn McMahon. And you can see it. You can see it when you go back to WWE 2001, right around the time that Triple H was about to make his big return to television. Stephanie McMahon's out there cutting horrible scripted promos because she can't do anything else. And so what she did was when she got into a position of creative control, she made that the norm across the company. Stephanie McMahon is at least as responsible for the state of WWE today as Vince McMahon. Thank you for my time. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Justin, a close one for you until we get to the final fall this week. Obviously, you're you're upset about it. Let us let us know. Was there anything we missed this week? What do you got to say? I, I did my Nate rant. I laid down my challenge. I hope the booking department takes that into consideration and we can finally take that damn title off of him. Um, Chuck, you mentioned it. I wanted to bring it up again. The Braun Strowman Bray Wyatt thing with Alexa Bliss. I was the one specifically last week that was worried. And I said it that 
hopefully they didn't knock Alexa Bliss out of the storyline when Braun said, I don't give a damn. She is going to make a phenomenal heel as the some part of the Fiend's world. I don't know how, but she has showed it in the past that she could get the creepy makeup and she could look pretty scary and she could pull it off pretty good. And she is going to make an awesome addition to the Fiend's world if that's where they're heading, which it seems like it because Chuck, you said it, she gave him a little threat of, you know, you will regret this kind of thing. It's got to be going into the Fiend's world with Alexa Bliss. She can pull off the creepy, let her dive into that. She's never really dove into that before. Let her do it. Shawnee, go ahead. You've got 60 seconds on the board. Let us know anything we missed this week. I think when you look at the uh, over 100 year history of professional wrestling and sort of create an evolutionary tree as it were the Cody Rhodes Scorpio sky match sort of embodies the modern version of that. I thought that was a hell of a professional wrestling match. Uh, I I love what Cody's doing with this belt. Uh, I do believe that we're probably coming to the end of that process and uh, I'm fine with that too, but I thought that that match was so damn good. Uh, Scorpio sky is a top guy. Um, it may not be an immediate evolution to that, but I would be shocked uh, if he stays injury-free, if he isn't a world champion at some point. Agreed. All right. Well, before I give everybody our socials and close out the show, I want to say that I am disappointed in all of you for not bringing up uh, the debut of Joseph Park and the phenomenal intercontinental statistics system. Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. I was going to make that part of my last call, too. It was nice seeing all the best there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, do we want to see the Abyss character in WWE? Oh, God, no. No, No. Joseph Parks is perfect for WWE. I just make it sure. Abyss was always kind of a low-rent mankind. I don't don't think you really need Abyss in WWE. I'm sorry, but if Joseph Park showed up in WWE, it's only a matter of time before Abyss does. Yeah, Yeah, you might be right about that. He was a vehicle for a piss joke. Let's not pretend it was anything more than that. <laughs> Erica, where can people find you online? Uh, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram underscore Bannis, where I'll also likely be talking about the return of the outlandish Zicky when NWA comes back uh, because outlandish Zicky dies. He's awesome. Come on. Justin, how about you? Uh, on social media at JV underscore sports underscore talk or JV sports Shawnee? You can find me on Instagram at shawnee.constant, uh, trying my best to ignore Zicky Dice. And Nate, where can people find you online? Follow the champion at Nate Benderama on Twitter. <laughs> you can uh, find me, of course, on uh, Facebook at Chizuk Bean. And you can find me Monday through fr- Monday through Saturdays, actually, 7 to midnight on 101 WRIF, as well as the Nerd Radio podcast and part of Talk Horror to Me with Mr. Shawnee Constant. This has been another week of the One Fall Show. Thank you all for listening, downloading, liking, subscribing, and uh, interacting with us at uh, Twitter and Facebook at One Fall Show. Zicky Dice is a delight. I want him and, and oh my God, I, why am I brain farting on his name? Johnny Swinger. I want Zicky Dice and Johnny oh, Swinger in a room together because it'd be Swinger. great. Yeah, I love Johnny Swinger. I enjoy that all of the segments of Johnny Swinger are him being creepy and everyone being disgusted with him. It's great. Of all the piss jokes, this week was the one that got me.
when it when he announced the system and I saw what the acronym was, I laughed out oh. loud. You're a fucking mark. <laughs> <laughs> no. Vince McMahon's like, you know what? It's been too long since we've had a piss joke. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like there's a there's a thing on the wall. It's like day number of days since it's, last piss joke. It's, it's piss joke. <laughs> <laughs> right next to the break glass in case of pee. Right. <laughs> well, you remember the old acronym? The one that always got me was the hurricane. This is way oh, the superhero in training. Remember, superhero in training. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one got me. Uh, yeah, and then. And then the and then the segment afterwards where JJ's trying to erase the board and it's permanent marker. That's the one that got me. Like that, I actually popped at. That's I, good. I, I think I think AJ even sold the piss joke to me though because of the way he he acted like he didn't realize it yeah. until after he said it out. He's like, "All right, it's piss. Whatever. Yeah, Moving it's on. A, like, it's a work in progress." You're all fucking marks. <laughs> I, dude, I thought I thought it was super lame of him to come out and plug his Twitch channel. Like I was just, oh god, that is so. Ugh. What does everyone think about the fact that they uh, seem to have pivoted from PG to uh, TV fourteen this week? Does, do you dude, think that it's, really it's the flailing? It's it, it, it's it's desperate flailing to to try to fix sinking ratings. I, I just it, it's not a surprise. Well, and did you, if one thing I can't believe we didn't bring up, they did this twice. They used retribution with the lights going out to save two spots. They did it with Orton punting Ric Flair and Braun, Braun slamming Alexa. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. right. They ended both shows with one of those. God damn yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking lame. I'm wondering if there's a chance that that light thing turns out to be something other than retribution. Um, it could be interesting. It's the Undertaker. Ha! <laughs> That would be great. Well, here's the th- here's the thing though. Just just like Retribution has this problem with fucking Akira Tozawa's ninjas, where they're they're completely indiscernible. I had the same mo- the the same thought when the Tron started shutting down with the Fiend. I was like, oh, now there's two gimmicks where people fuck with the lights and the the Titan Tron. I, I don't know, man. Like. Unless they're unless they're building to something really really specific with this, it just seems like a lot of recycling of of shit. They're out of stuff to do in the performance center, is what it is. No, what it's going to be is there. Whenever we find out who Retribution is, they're going to take off the mask and they're all going to be wearing Fiend Max and they're all going to be the same. If the, you know what, if that's how they do it, that would be okay. I would be okay with that. I was thinking I would like it if they took off their masks and they were all our truth. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what bothers me about the light thing with Alexa Bliss is she can take that bump and she can sell it. Just let her do it. Yeah. Why do we have to be like Ric Flair? I get Randy did not actually punt him in the head. He did pretty good showing as if he actually pulled it off through the end. But I understand that one. I'm telling you, there's a Phantom of the Opera that we don't know yet. That's fucking with those lights. It's the hacker. It's the Smackdown hacker. Smackdown hacker. Tell me this, Nate, because you're you're the one that's like pretty pretty down on the WWE product. What would have to happen this week for you to be like, okay, now now I'm interested and I want to see where this is headed? This is the easiest question to answer. A program that is 80% wrestling. Okay. That's what I want to see. 
and I'm talking like full fucking matches without like two random people coming down to the ring and fighting. And for some reason, there's a DQ, right? Like when when I was watching the the old SmackDown, I was like, fuck, even the promos had wrestling in them. Like people would not in a stagey way get attacked, but like. Like this, this program is wall to wall wrestling. There's so much wrestling that's going on in half of the time that fucking SmackDown gets now. And it's just so frustrating. Like I, I just want to watch wrestling on my wrestling program. Well, and it's funny you say that because I was thinking during AEW that they have way too much wrestling and not enough storytelling, and they just rely on stunts and you know cool spots during matches. They they so have just- they have the the indie riffic problem where there's no psychology, right? Like I want matches that make sense that don't look like people doing stunts and gymnastic routines or like setting the other person up for something, you know, or clustering so that another person can jump off the ramp onto a big pile of people. And here's my thing too. No, I get the young bucks are great, but I, the one thing they are the worst when it comes to setting up stunts. I agree. The worst. I agree. Like out of anybody in AEW, I understand they get, you know, all this, you know, hype over how great they are, but my God, these guys, all they rely on are stunts and they just, their whole match, they're just setting it up. There's, there's so little match psychology to your average young bucks match that it becomes frustrating. Like once you've seen it, there's like a couple of variations on it. You can throw a ladder in there or, you know, some tables and whatever. But like, once you've seen it, it's like a Ric Flair match. You've seen fucking everything. And he's great. They're great at doing it. Don't get me wrong. But like, it, at least Ric Flair had psychology. It re- at least Ric Flair, you know, like the matches that he was in mostly made sense. I can't say the same for the Young Bucks. Yeah, I think the Young Bucks are just kind of getting bored at their own tricks because they've done it so much. So now it's just turning into like, okay, we got to do the spot again. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Number one, uh, if Justin, you don't, ha- if there's too much wrestling in AEW, you would hate New Japan. So just right. don't watch New Japan. Uh, number two, Young Bucks. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I mean, that's always been a common complaint about, but get over it. It's, they're never going to change. Right. This is who they've been since day one. So, like, just complaining about they don't have ring psychology, it's, like, kind of the point. Um, and then, oh, oh, I know, the the whole, you know, there's there's not enough wrestling on SmackDown. I feel like that has a lot to do with it going to Fox and trying to bring in casual viewers. There's still there's still that obsession with getting the casual wrestling fan to tune into the program. And I think that has a lot to do with it. The soap opera aspect is intriguing. I agree with you. I love the shit that happens behind the scenes. Like uh, Carl Anderson going off on Twitter last night. Did anyone see that shit? Yes. Oh my God. It was beautiful. I loved it. I loved it. I want more. Impact just lets those guys do and say whatever the hell they want. That's the one thing I will I love about Impact. They can take shots at other promotions. They can take shots at their former employers, and they don't care. Where WWE and AEW don't see it as much. 